Welcome to Big Tech News. I'm Neil Fertilinski. I have a weekly newsletter called Big Tech News where I cover what all the big tech companies have been up to each week. And on Spaces today, we have Kyle and Owen um, who will be talking about what they found interesting this week. And uh, we are recording this, so it will be live on Spacecasts, which you can subscribe to on your favorite podcast app. Uh, but Kyle and Owen, please introduce yourselves, and uh, oh, uh, we'll go from there. I'll go first, since I was last here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Owen. Uh, I'm a UX manager at Shopify based in uh, Toronto, but uh, I think I'm here because I have spent many years in tech journalism. I uh, we used to uh, I used to work at the Next Web, and uh, I did my own thing for a while, and then actually at the moment I still have a tech col- a weekly tech column on Medium, despite the craziness over there. <laughs> uh, so that's me. Uh, yeah, and I'm um, an AI correspondent at VentureBeat. Um, I write about all sorts of um, AI and machine learning-related uh, technologies. Um, could be anything from uh, robotic process automation to self-driving cars. So, um, yeah, AI is a broad field. But, um, you know, I'm a tech enthusiast more broadly. Uh, so, of course, excited to talk about um, everything that happened this week. And it was a lot, but especially Windows. Um because Windows looks way different now, and uh, I have mixed feelings about that. Yes, yeah. So let's let's get into. Tell us right away, Kyle. What what were your initial impressions? Uh, not just on the leaked build, but the actual announcement yesterday, where they actually showed a lot more than we saw in the leaked build. Yeah. So the stream was terrible. First of all. Um, oh my god! <laughs> so bad. I, I put it on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what is that? The power of Azure uh, on full play or? Uh, <laughs> I and, think actually, if it fails, if it fails on YouTube, they can just blame Google, right? Like it's a win-win. Yeah, <laughs> yeah didn't they? I think um, Satya Nadella, uh, his account um, linked to a new egg stream, actually, so it wasn't mm. even an official um, alternative uh, Microsoft stream. Uh, once things got really bad, I know uh, streaming video is hard, um, <laughs> but and so I was redesigning an OS um, because it seems they've. Um, modeled this after Mac OS and Chrome OS by moving the start button to the center of the screen, although I believe you can change that if you want. Um, and I mean, generally speaking, it looks a lot like Windows 10X. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and the hardware requirements reflect that. I guess you need, correct me if I'm wrong, Emil, um, a DirectX 12 compatible uh, graphics uh, chip, um, either dedicated or integrated. Um, I mean, uh, Teams is front and center now, um, right? It's it's kind of deeply integrated into the OS, wild. for better or worse. I like Teams. Yeah, it is wild. Um, I don't think it's a bad thing necessarily. Uh, I, I mean, uh, it's kind of it's kind of weird that that Teams is now um, uh, the premier uh, video conferencing platform uh, that Microsoft is mm-hmm. pushing, as opposed to Skype. Uh, considering how much they paid for Skype and how little return they've gotten there. Um, perceived return, at least. Um, uh, and uh, what else is new? Um, uh, I know Internet Explorer is finally going the way of the dodo. It seems yeah. it's, it's disabled by default, so that's really exciting. Um, that might be the biggest uh, development for me, personally. Um, we're, we're only like two uh, iterations or versions into Edge, but... Um, uh, you know, it's just better in every conceivable way. So um, the more people uh, move 
on and and leave IE behind the better, whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so I, I, they've been you know trying to get rid of IE <laughs> for years, and just like it's baby step after baby step. So disabled is good, uh, removed permanently would have been nice but then of course a bunch of companies would not upgrade to windows 11 so that's probably why they're keep, <laughs> keeping it there uh indefinitely i don't maybe maybe by windows 22 20, 21 <laughs> 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 i.e will finally be dead but yes uh, it's it's definitely progressed i mean they also removed you know skype um which you can still get but they removed it by default because obviously they're pushing teams um and yeah that the requirements i hire higher which is interesting because windows 7, 8, 8.1, and 10 pretty much had the same minimum requirements. Um, so they're, you know, hoping to raise the bar there to sell more Windows 11 computers. Obviously, people will still upgrade, uh, but I'm, I'm, you know, it'll be a hardware push. They, they didn't increase the, the version version number not to, to, to sell more devices, uh, and that's their partners through their partners, right? Obviously, Surface devices, but mainly the whole ecosystem. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if that actually yeah. works, right? Like, do people go out and buy a computer based on the OS? <laughs> they do. Just buy it when it, they uh, 100% when it do. Breaks. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I think it's more of a, it's just a tipping point, right? Like, yeah, it's definitely. a it's an addition, right? If, if you're considering buying a computer and you go out and you look yep. around and all of them are running Windows 11, that's just yet another reason to do it. Even though you yeah, can, most of the, the time, you'll... At the same time. Exactly. Yeah. Obviously, you you can probably just up, it, it is a free upgrade, right? As long as you yeah. have the a decent enough computer, it's a free upgrade. But if you're considering, if you're on the fence, a new version number, you know, with that looks different, right? It looks new. It doesn't look <laughs> drastically different because they can't change it mm-hmm. too much because that'll cause its own set of problems with muscle memory and so on. But it looks yep. just a little bit newer to you know get people to to be interested i mean that's how we are as humans right we we like Mm. what's shiny and new new and improved which is (laughs) the typical uh counterintuitive statement anything else uh guys i I feel like there's one big thing that we're missing from windows 11 no one's mentioned yet top of mind is the cut for me is uh there, there was a pretty obvious not subtle jab in there at the apple the app store 30 percent yeah so basically they're saying that you can um Bring your own commerce engine was the uh, <laughs> fancy the fancy spin on that, which was an interesting way to put it. But basically, yes, uh, I think they have a cut. I can't remember what it is, so I'm not going to try and say what it is. But they have a cut of their own. Um, but if you use your own commerce engine, which would imply something like Stripe uh, or you know, like the Epic, Epic Games Store has its own thing, uh, you won't pay the cut. So it's huge. I mean, for a few reasons, I think the the actual really interesting one to me as a user is the windows store or whatever they've called it is, has been so frustrating for so long because so many things aren't in it like if you get a windows pc half of the time it's in the store maybe half the time uh you have to go to some website and download half, an msi half <laughs> is half is generous owen i think maybe five yeah, percent of the time 20%. it's actually in the store <laughs> i actually really i i like it when it is in the store because it just updates it like there's none of these crappy like it works fine but there's nobody's gonna put it in there and microsoft doesn't even put their own stuff in there like visual studio code still isn't in the store right right um, and so I think this will remove a lot of the roadblocks for that. Like, I think the cut was a huge problem. And now they're sort of saying, well, you can put anything in here. And, like, it's free if you, <laughs> if you use your own uh, payment gateway. And, and I think it's also a pot shot at Apple. It's like, hey, look, we can have a store. It can be safe-ish. 
uh, and you can put stuff in it, and we won't charge you. We'll give you a choice, which is a pretty big call. Yeah, so there's a bunch of changes, right? So one, they're letting in not just PWA and UWP apps, mm-hmm. which are the old school or the new Windows apps, yeah. if you will, but they're letting in Win32 apps finally, uh-huh. which they've uh-huh. been hinting at for for years. So that's that's one major change. And then, yeah, to your point, letting developers keep 100% of the revenue as long as they're you know using whatever API for whatever payment processor. That's also huge. Although who knows how many people actually make money off the store, but it makes it a no-brainer, right? There's you can as as long as you can use your own payment processor, of which there are a dime a dozen. Mm-hmm. Um, and those cut that that tax, you know, that the cut that those payment processors take are, is like below five percent. It's usually around two or three. Yeah. So that's a no-brainer. Um, it's just a question of you know, it's a chicken and egg problem. Who, who's going to use the store if there's nothing in there, and then who's going to add their app if no one's using it? So mm-hmm. the, the, the push has to be, I think the reason that they're doing this all at once, as opposed to, you know, re- adding Win32 apps and then a year later, at, you know, re- removing this revenue blocker, I think right. they're doing it all at once because with, along with Windows 11, because they could, the, the Microsoft store that we're describing is also coming to Windows 10. Uh, but I think mm. they want to push it all at once so that developers get, you know, they see all the, the positives that they right. could potentially take advantage of all at once. Well, I guess it's a good thing, uh, too, um, that, um, well, actually, I don't know if it's a good thing, necessarily. I'm not sure what the experience is going to look like, quite <laughs> frankly, but um, we haven't talked about uh, Android yeah. apps oh, yeah. on um, Windows 11. That tiny thing. Um, and, <laughs> yeah, that tiny thing. I mean, I don't know. If it's anything like the Chrome OS experience, mm-hmm. it's going to be a little, little janky, just a little bit. Um, I think it'll be worse. Not every Android app. <laughs> Yeah, it could be, depending on your hardware, I guess. Um, clearly, not every Android app is designed with a keyboard and mouse in mind, um, uh, or even a landscape layout. Um, and it's it's interesting to me that, um, you know, you're downloading these. Uh, on, on Windows 11, you'll download these for the Amazon App Store and not <laughs> Google Play, yeah. which... Uh, you know, probably severely limits the number of apps available to you as a Windows mm-hmm. user. Um, I'm sure Google probably wasn't on board with well, this. Saw, that's that's the implication. There was two things I saw on that, actually. The first one was that um, I saw the, uh, sort of uh, one of the quotes from Panos implying heavily that they'll take any store, <laughs> uh, which sounded like they sort of took the first right. one that would say yes, and they're <laughs> hoping to shoehorn Google. But the other one is I saw that... Um, it looks very likely that you can just install um, like APKs <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. in developer mode or whatever. I'm sure they'll have something. And if that is the case, amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's what's been happening on the Mac for what it's worth. A lot of these app developers on the Mac, like Instagram, for example, don't want the apps to run there because they haven't optimized it. So they block it from the, you can, on an M1 Mac, you can run iOS apps. Uh, and so they block it from the store. And I suspect that uh, what I've seen there is it's going to happen here. It's like if people go and download the IP, I don't know how to say it, the IPSWA file <laughs> whatever, uh, off these jailbreaking websites and install it themselves. Yeah, so, so that's it. there's a few things there, right? So it's, I mean, it's, it's clearly they went to Google first and didn't get Google yeah. to join, right? So then they yeah. went to, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they talked to a bunch of options, but Amazon was their, <laughs> was their next, next best option. But as you mm-hmm. pointed out, there's, Many, many apps are missing from the Amazon store. It's good that you'll be able to sideload APKs, but the main barrier is still Google because many apps rely on Google Play services. So even if you can get the APK through whatever means, whether it's a free app or you pirated it, it's a paid app, even if you get your hands on it, 
it, chances are it's going to rely on Google Play services, even if it's not a mobile, you know, obsessed app that requires, you know, GPS functionality and all that stuff. Even if it's just like an Instagram, many apps mm-hmm. re- require Google Play services. And so they just won't work. They, they won't even, I'm guessing they will, you know, at best fail to launch, uh, but at worst launch and just not work at all and just air yeah. out. Um, so that, that's a that's a big hurdle, right? Because if you don't have Google Google on board, you want to be able to just install APKs and let people get as many apps as they can, and you want it to be as seamless as possible. But if you make it super seamless to install, if most apps that people try just don't work, right? It's kind of, again a chicken and egg problem. You, you want people to be able to find as many Android apps as they can, but you don't want all the apps that they try that they find through just installing APKs to just not work because you know they're dependent on Google Play. So they're going to have to figure out what kind of installation process they want uh, because yeah. the Amazon process is going to suck too, right? Not only are there a bunch of apps not available on the Android apps, Amazon App Store, but they're they you know you also have to sign in with your Amazon account. So it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be quite convoluted, right? You open the the Microsoft Store. You search for an Android app. You find it if you're lucky in the Amazon App Store. Then that launches the Amazon App Store. You have to sign in with your Amazon account, <laughs> yeah, and then and then download it and install it, and then you know hope it it's somewhat functional on on a Windows computer. It's App Store Inception. It sounds like <laughs> yeah, and that's and you know if you download something like um, I don't know like WeChat or Roblox or something like that mm-hmm. that has its own App Store, <laughs> then yeah, it really yeah. is App Store Inception. Um, hey, if it if it works, I have to say I love the idea. Uh, I love the idea of it. Uh, we'll see. I'm reserving my judgment. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, it, it's definitely cool that they're doing it, right? They're 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 willing to to push it, and it could very yeah. well be that you know it it flops, but at least they'll have tried. To, sure. to be clear, I don't think Android app support is going to be available like right off the bat. Like we're not going to see it mm-hmm. in the in the cider build next week. It might not even be available right. for Windows 11's launch later this year, probably mm-hmm. around October. It'll probably be in a subsequent Windows 11 release, which they're planning to update once a year now, as oh, opposed to twice to a us. year. Yeah, get us excited and then not give it to us. Like, well, because the they, <laughs> yeah, I think they want to make sure that you know, like the yeah. three of us will just try a bunch of different things and and be okay if it doesn't work out. But yeah. it's the average Joe that gets Windows 11. They're just going to try and install Instagram, and if that doesn't work, they're going to get discouraged, right? Or they'll try to install mm-hmm. TikTok, and that they'll try maybe one app. Right, and that one app better work. So they're going to try to get as many major titles in as possible. I suspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's the only way I see this being a truly good experience. Um, and uh, I don't know. Again, like uh, the Chrome OS uh, uh, Android emulation um, uh, experience currently is not. I don't know if Microsoft can do it better than Google, but I'm skeptical. Yeah, exactly. I think there will be performance issues, um, you know, out the wazoo. But, um, you know, uh, Microsoft has a lot of resources behind them. So um, I'm sure they can get emulation up to, up to snuff. I'm um, and maybe the. I'm wondering if it's like based on the bash on Windows stuff, because I'll give them credit. That stuff's great. I, I love that stuff. But um, it took them a while to get it right. And I think that'll be the interesting thing here is, is it good on the first go or is it going to take two years? <laughs> to yeah. make the Twitter app scrollable. Yeah. I mean, even if they manage to match yeah. performance or beat Google's performance with Chrome OS um, with Android apps, even if they manage that, like we just talked about, there's all these other obstacles that are unique to their situation because they didn't get Google to, they couldn't convince yeah. Google, which which is fair, right? Google has, has its own formula on whether this is worth it for them. Mm-hmm.
Yeah, it'll, it'll be some interesting to watch for sure. Um, uh, and, um, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see if maybe Google comes around in the end. I, I don't think they will. Obviously, they want people to buy Chromebooks. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. And that's Perhaps going we'll see. It's going Google. fun for Chromebooks, too. That's, that's the other thing. They have no reason to. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think they're they have nothing to worry about. So, um, but uh, you know, if this gets uptick, um, you know, if 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 this gets adoption of any any meaningful kind, um, maybe we'll at least be support for Google Play services on Windows. That would be a good um, download. I'm curious. I'm curious yeah. what you guys. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm hopeful. What do you guys think is the the upside for Amazon here? Just more usage of its store, essentially, which, which oh, it's, doesn't get it's much. Beautiful. I think it's that, but I also think it's um, now people, in theory, will want to list their apps at the Amazon App Store. Right, <laughs> exactly. They could, get, they could get on a billion devices <laughs> now. I think, uh, well, you know, in theory, but uh, I think I think that's all it is. Is right now it's on only certain things, but uh, it gives a big motivation for app developers to just do it because it, there's no downside for early people. Well, I mean, there's, there's downside, but <laughs> there's no downside for early people in terms of reach. Uh, and I think that's what they're pushing for. Yeah, I, it strikes me as that there's only upside for Amazon here, whereas for Microsoft, <laughs> it's kind of a big risk. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> that's interesting. I mean, and, and they, they've partnered before and, and, and failed, right? Just look at how uh, Cortana and Alexa were supposed mm -hmm. to work together. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. where's that partnership that was, you yeah. know, announced well, with a ton gone. of fun fair. No voice assistant. Exactly. In, uh, exactly. 11, yeah. So that's, you know, that, that was just a, a crazy partnership that looked like it had legs for maybe a day. And then immediately people realized yep. <laughs> it's not going anywhere. So this could, uh, this could be, you know, this could be the same thing, but Amazon has only to benefit, right? If, if Microsoft is convincing, various like like a disney plus to to join yeah. that's that's only yeah. an upside for amazon so good, good on you amazon i guess <laughs> you just reminded me that the other big piece of news was that cortana doesn't harass you in the setup anymore it's yes. like burned into my brain every time you set up a windows pc it's like hi i'm cortana i'm here to help and you have to like mute it as fast as you possibly can <laughs> it's, and it's i think i i actually didn't right. mind it too bad but i just found it incredibly slow like it, it if it sped up the Such process a here yeah oh my god it's really in my head yeah and it's then just, i can it doesn't make sense i can only imagine like it pros that had to set up like thousands of laptops in, in a month That's yeah like there's, a, there's a youtube video of a guy who opened i think it was 800 laptops at the same time it was oh no just like cortana hell echo <laughs> yeah yeah so that it's good they removed that they removed a bunch of things right so they removed yeah. cortana they removed people in the taskbar, which I frankly forgot mm -hmm. was a thing. Uh, they, they removed uh, tablet mode, which mm -hmm. is, which was always kind of a disaster. Uh, the I forgot that. Was the yeah. Thing. Tiles no longer mm. exists, um, which were always cool in theory, but rather useless in practice. Timeline was removed, which I also thought was like, I had a, had plenty of potential, but the execution just wasn't there. Like I like the idea of being able to just go back in time on your device and you know see files that used to exist or settings and so on. But it, yeah. I think it was just too. I don't know if it was ahead of its time. No, no pun intended. Or if, if it was just a bad idea from the start. I think it's just trying to convince people to use stuff has always been <laughs> the problem. Like yeah. you're dealing with people, two audiences, and well, many audiences, but the big legacy people who don't want anything to change <laughs> and then you have to also get people to adopt it 
because the whole sell in my mind was oh you can have photoshop open and it will show all the things you're working on and you can click them and it will open them on your other machine well it never worked in my experience first of all which wasn't great uh, and there was only a handful of apps that supported it so it was it wasn't really as good as it could have been yeah it's it is unfortunate but i mean it was a good idea but maybe just just poor execution and too early also it's very file oriented is the other thing like i don't know i think everything is urls for me <laughs> true <laughs> true you know uh yeah. so i think it's kind of old school as you write your life story you're far from finished are you looking to close the book on your job maybe turn a page in your career be continued at the georgetown university school of continuing studies Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Yeah. Yeah, just, um, it feels like uh, it's a streamlining of Windows in many ways and probably long overdue. Um, I mean, uh, half of these features I hadn't heard of. I mean, I'm not, I won't claim that I'm like a multitasking pro um, when it comes to uh, to Windows, certainly not macOS or any other OS. Um, but uh, yeah, like um, Snap Groups, I've never used a Snap Group. Mm. Um, uh, you know, the Start menu, um, once once you add widgets into the mix, it does get to be a bit mm-hmm. much, right? Um, and probably overwhelming to the average um, Windows user. So I think, you know, just kind of like cutting back and 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 embracing minimalism is probably going to be uh, well received here um you know uh time will tell but um i i think it's uh, smart for microsoft to finally um take that strategy as opposed to just adding more things and visual visualizations and just uh like you know pro uh user features that or power user features that the average person will never discover because they're like deeply embedded in some menu that mm. um, will you'll struggle to find unless you look up some complicated guide on a, <laughs> on, on some tech site or form. Exactly. Um, all right. So moving on to Amazon, I don't know what you guys caught from Amazon this week. I <laughs> I was definitely taken aback by this story uh, from ITV News in the UK that Amazon has been destroying millions of unsold items uh, at its Mm -hmm. UK warehouses every year. Mm -hmm. That to me is just insane. I mean, Amazon claimed that, you know, it doesn't send any items to landfills in the UK. So there's some, some back and forth there, Um, you know, that that they're probably emphasizing the word landfill, (laughs) but it seems (laughs) devices are being destroyed, but even let's, you know, let's take Amazon at its word and assume that, they're doing everything correctly and they're not destroying anything, which is, which I think is a stretch, but let's say that were true. Why are they marking boxes as destroy in the warehouse? Mm. Like just mark them as recycle. And I feel like a lot of this could have been avoided. Um, assuming, yeah. assuming, you know, 
that they're not they're not uh, obfuscating here and <laughs> and they're not destroying. I think one one, one employee said a thirty one hundred thirty thousand items a week, which is just insane. Wow. It's hard to believe them when there's video. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I mean, the thing I wanted to bring up actually is I don't. I think this was less shocking to me because I don't know if you remember, but I don't feel like it went international. But here in Canada, this came out eight months ago. Uh, so CBC News here, they actually put GPS trackers on a bunch of stuff, uh, and they found that it went back to the warehouse when they returned it, and then ended up in a tip uh, in, in the landfill. And so what yeah. they what they found, uh, and it, they found it was reliably happening. And I think it sort of blew up in the news here, but I suspect it didn't go internationally as much. Um, and they said, I think they said something to a similar effect that they try to recycle as much as they can, but they've just seen some of it. Um, but I think I was less shocked because I already had the pre-shock six months ago to, to right. deal with how gross it was. Um, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I don't think it got picked up internationally, but that just you know further underlines that there's something wrong here. And then Amazon's business model, you know, it's clearly more worth it for them to just ultimately destroy the items than to deal with having them properly properly disposed of or reused or donated at the very least. And I'm sure they're donating some, you know, a portion of them, but clearly not, you know, not all of them, which is what really should be happening. I know this is being recorded, but at this point, I almost don't want to give them the benefit of the doubt on this stuff because... It just seems every time that they, you sort of assume they're doing a certain thing and then no, they're definitely not until somebody looks at it. Exactly. Um, like here, here in Canada, there's been so many stories about, um, you, you know, they try and claim all the, the COVID safe things. And it got to the point where like the city health units started forcing warehouses to close because there were so many outbreaks coming out of Amazon warehouses that they were finding them on the bus route to the Amazon warehouse. And Jeez. so it's, like I just I find it hard to trust them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what what makes it particularly painful is that there were thousands of sealed face masks that also got destroyed. Wow. Like that's wow. just I mean, any anyone can use those, right? Like, yeah. and, and again, it comes back to Amazon's business model, which is they charge their the sellers of the of the items mm-hmm. to keep to store the the items in the warehouses, right? So sellers eventually say, all right, it's not worth it. It's not selling for whatever reason. Mm. So we, we don't want to pay anymore. And Amazon's left with all this extra inventory and obviously it costs them money to just store it. So they need to dispose of it as quickly as possible. But I mean, if Amazon's not incentivized to, to, to donate, then, you know, we need to pass some laws, which unfortunately will take right. way too long. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it should just be illegal to destroy new product, like full stop. <laughs> like it's just that's that's the law that I want to see passed, right? And and then the company has to figure out how to how to how to donate appropriately, right? Yeah, that scale. Yeah, I mean, crazy. Sorry. Oh, I was I was just going to say. Um, I mean, you would hope that um, I've I've no uh, faith that this is actually happening. But you would hope that Amazon um, is at least trying to offset the carbon emissions uh, created by destroying this merchandise. Um, they, they, that should be the baseline. Um, you know, it shouldn't be destroyed in the first place. I agree. But um, if if there's no other option, they say they uh, they swear by it. Um, then um, you know they should uh, ensure that this doesn't. They're 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 doing whatever they can to offset or, or negate whatever um, negative environmental um, uh, effect uh, this is this is contributing. Um, so, uh, I mean, that's just my two cents. Uh, Amazon PR says all sorts of things about this particular incident. They say, well, like this is less than one percent of their products um, uh, that are incinerated um, or destroyed. Um, but 
you know, like to, to Emil's point, to Owen's point, um, it's just hard to know whether they're telling the truth, especially after that Mother Jones piece came out today about how sometimes Amazon PR just lies outright yes. <laughs> to reporters. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, this just feels icky on all levels. They're, 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 they're really, I tweeted this, that they're very good at gaslighting in response to that that uh mother jones report and yeah i mean so let's let's just i, I feel like that one percent number is probably like of all products as opposed to of products that sellers can't sell right so of course one percent seems oh, yeah, very sure. little but it's i i i, I want to know what the percentage is of the inventory that is not selling and needs to be disposed of what percentage that inventory is incinerated right they're not going to share that number um in other crazy oh, no. in other crazy amazon news um uh, there was some internal documents that came out that showed that Amazon tries to uh, push out uh, 6% of its office staff every year, and they call this um, unregretted attrition. Mm. <laughs> now, I have no problem with you know cutting workers who are underperforming or don't deserve to be in the position they're in or didn't work out for whatever reason. It, like You need to be able to operate a business all right, effectively. You need to be able to, to lay people off and, and fire them when they're they're not contributing um, well, but having a specific target of six percent or whatever percent, and then trying to hit that target, uh, you know, that's just kind of that's going to breed all sorts of problems. Um, so you know, and this is part of their, you know, they're going to continue to have work-related issues um, increasingly so because they're hiring like crazy. So this is not going away, and the unionization efforts are also not going away. Um, a major labor union, the Teamsters, just voted to basically support and fund and supply resources to Amazon employees that are trying to unionize. That also happened this week. So this is, you know, it's wow. a small blip uh, in the larger story. But, yeah, that 6% target is just – because I, I, I believe a few years ago – I don't know if you guys remember this. A few years ago, Amazon was called out for this, and they said that they would stop. And apparently they stopped and then, then just started again the year after or two years from there. So <laughs> here we go again, essentially. Um, it's it's quite quite unsettling, um, but you know it's it's also standard practice for big tech. Well, it's interesting you say that because um, I mean it's basically Amazon says it's not stack ranking, but it seems to be stack ranking, and um, like uh, a lot of big tech companies don't do it anymore because it doesn't seem to be effective or work uh like microsoft doesn't do it it's mentioned in the article like microsoft stopped in 2013 um ge which uh you know sort of originated this practice or was one of the um you know uh pioneers in the space uh doesn't do it anymore um because uh I, I some argue that like competition breeds success and innovation but also it turns coworkers against each other right and i think you're more likely to throw somebody under the bus if you know you're being um constantly graded and evaluated in this way um you know i guess to be somewhat fair to amazon even though um uh that's that's tough at times. Um, they do have like some kind of funnel, um, according to the article, um, uh, so that these employees, these underperforming employees, have a chance to improve. I think Amazon uh, internally, um, among its uh, you know managerial staff, uh, expects a fair number, of, a pretty high percentage of people to fail um, in those steps, those remediation steps. But um, you know, we should. It should be noted that I guess they try or say they do um, to uh, save these folks from the chopping block. Six um, percent, though, and this is just of office employees. It's not warehouse employees. Um, 
it does seem pretty high. And, um, uh, you know, the fact that this is like a set in stone concrete benchmark um, without real justification is, is troublesome, um, to say the least. So Bezos is, I don't remember if he's, I don't believe he's stepped down yet, but he is stepping down as CEO. And still, oh, it's in July. Yes. So he's stepping down. And one of the things that he said on his way out to, so he's not really leaving or he's going to be chairman. I'm trying to find the quote now, but he's, he wants Amazon to be Earth's safest place to work and Earth's best employer. You know, those are, <laughs> those are pretty bold statements. Um, and it's, you know, this is, again, like I've been saying, this is, this is something we're going to be hearing about a lot because Amazon's hiring like crazy and Bezos has made, you know, they want to be number one in this. Uh, it's a really bold promise. So he's committing to this and that's, you know, one of the many things he's going to be working on because obviously he's going to be, his hands are going to be full with uh, Blue Origin <laughs> and Elon Musk competition, uh, which we'll also be hearing a lot about, but you know, that's, and put that. I'm just trying I to put that. About put, all of this. Yeah, I'm trying to put that into context. Is like, this is not just. Oh, okay, here we go again. Amazon is abusing employees, or you know, not doing as best as they can. This is very much like, what are we going to do to fix this? And they promise that they're not just going to fix this specific thing. They want to be the best in the business. Yeah, I find that hard to believe. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I suppose we'll see if uh, Andy Jassy can. Um, can can turn around the culture at Amazon, but um, you know, as you mentioned, Emil, um, this is not new. You know, like um, there have been these exposés in the past um, about how uh, toxic it can be, um, uh, and I don't know. Like it seems just ingrained on some level um, at Amazon. And um, uh, Jassy's been there so long; he's been there from the start, right? He built AWS um, from the ground up. Like uh, he doesn't seem like the kind of person to um you know shake things up too much i don't think he's going to go in there and blow this this whole thing up um and move away from stack ranking um maybe after the story amazon will feel more pressure to change at least in the short term but um yeah i'm i'm skeptical that uh we'll, we'll see much improvement in, on this front yeah so owen has to go soon uh but i did want to ask him about two things uh really quick uh, so speaking of Amazon, obviously Amazon's biggest competitor now is Shopify. I'm curious if Owen and, and Kyle as well, if you guys saw the news, the New York Times had a had a critique of Alphabet and Google CEO Sundar Pichai. And in there mm. um, was a little tidbit that Google executives proposed a Shopify acquisition to challenge Amazon. And, and that didn't yeah. go through. My take is that's good that it didn't go through, even though it's used as an example of uh, Pichai's poor leadership style. Uh, but I'm I'm happy, frankly, because I think it's great that we have a you know a non-big tech challenger as Amazon. And I, I would argue that Shopify would not have succeeded to the extent that they have uh, under Google or under Alphabet, depending on how who, which which behemoth, <laughs> which parent, whether the parent company or Google acquired them. So I'm curious what you guys think of that. I mean, I'll, I work there, so I, <laughs> I can't say too much. Uh, I mean, my, my take is that I, I didn't, know anything about this but i think uh there's plenty to do as an independent company <laughs> so and we, yeah. we work with them on a lot of stuff like there was a we're in uh merchants can list in google shopping with one click and that kind of thing now and so it's sort of the the best part and i'm, I'm trying not to get the sell line here but like i think what makes shopify good is it actually 
lets you list on all the things and also works with Facebook. You can list on Amazon from Shopify. Like we are Switzerland <laughs> thing. Uh, and I think right. being independent is a big part of that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a big deal. Yeah, I um, I just, I mean, uh, Google's shopping products have been, been compelling for a while, right? right? Um, I just, I think they're, they've kind of failed to gain traction uh, uh, in, in the space. Um, I'm not sure what this acquisition would have done there. I mean, obviously, um, you know, they're, they're, maybe they're just buying access to a massive community of um, merchants um, and and customers for that matter. Um, uh, you know, the Shopify platform is... Uh, uh, growing impressively large um uh but i i don't uh, like just based on i don't have you know intimate knowledge of the e-commerce space for sure but just based on the failures of google's previous acquisitions i don't know um i i think mismanagement could have been one outcome um you know would would how long would they have kept shopify around in fact would they have had to spin it out again in a few years after um whatever they they tried to do with it um uh, failed like they did with, I don't know, um, Boston Dynamics, uh, Motorola, the list goes on. Um, like I can't think of many, you know, multi-billion dollar Google acquisitions that have paid off for Google or the acquired company. Um, so maybe if this, if these talks did happen, Pachai was, um, smart not to pursue this <laughs> just because he knows the limitations of his own organization. Yeah. That, that, the thing no, that struck me about that piece was that uh, even just not acquiring things was spun as a uh, really negative thing. But like, like this acquisition aside, I'm, I don't think I see a lot of good acquisitions anyway. Um, like when I, I imagine Google, I haven't. I'm trying to think of one acquisition they've made that rolled into something useful. I mean, Android was probably the big one. Yeah. But it's hard to merge stuff in companies, and I was sort of surprised that it was the angle to make it seem like he wasn't doing well there. Yeah, Android, Google Docs, like basically really early yeah. acquisitions, right? R really, yes. really early. Not once a company has amassed a massive, um, you know, let's say market share in a, in a specific space at that point. I've never tried to do it, but I can't imagine merging companies is easy. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. Of course it's not. But, but you know, there's – it's it's different um, acquiring a company and, and, and trying to help it grow if it seems like it can – Versus acquiring a company that's already its own large size you and just, has uh, its own set of values and culture and own set of goals and then just trying to subsume all that. It's really difficult. Yeah. You just reminded me that the the one that is in recent memory is uh, Nest. And honestly, it's just like, I'm sure they would say it's been going well, but it's just been the most frustrating thing as a consumer over the years. Like, they're so slow to do anything. You don't like the Google what? Home Mini Nest Hub? <laughs> What's exactly. wrong with that? And they never update this. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I mean, they finally <laughs> sort of came full circle and they decided, okay, it's the home smart stuff and somehow Pixel was this other thing. Um, but I think that's a really interesting example of like, they're still trying to sort that out now. Um, I do have to hop off, but thank you for uh, running the space. Thanks for coming, Owen. Catch you next time. Anything you wanna you wanna plug right before you go? No plug. Just uh, oh, where can man, people find you? <laughs> you can find me on at ow. Nice and short. <laughs> yeah. So he's on Twitter and at ow. He's got this one of the shortest yeah. the shortest handle I know, frankly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
Cheers. See ya. Yes. So, so Kyle, um, do you think that Shopify will get acquired at any point, or is it too big? Like, I would argue it's too big now, but I'm curious your take. Yeah, I mean, you're more knowledgeable about Shopify than I am. You've covered it um, plenty over the years, but um, uh, I, I don't know. I think like um, Google's probably one of the few companies I could acquire it at this point. Um, I, but I can't think. I mean, Amazon obviously doesn't have a compelling reason. Um, I can't. You know, Apple. What would they do with it? Um, I, I feel like uh, that. That's the sort of market cap we're talking about here um, in terms of like um, potential. Uh, I don't know. I guess Google is uh, perhaps Facebook, but it seems like Facebook is intent on doing all of this internal. Um, I know they had some news this week related to e-commerce. Um, they seem to be um, dedicated to the idea that um, uh, they don't have to acquire Shopify to um, to build a um, uh, you know a, a massive uh, e-commerce product. They can they can just do it with the engineering talent they have. So. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of glad that Shopify is independent, uh, yep, personally. Um, but, uh, I, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens going forward. I mean, <laughs> perhaps, uh, uh, Google will reconsider under a different CEO, but, um, no, uh, I no, think it's knows? too late. Um, and, and for good reason, I think it's too late. Uh, maybe, you know, what they could do is there are plenty of really small Shopify competitors, they might want to snap up one of those and and kind of play in that space as as another um, wedge to Amazon. But there there I think there's a lot that they're trying to do that will be, you know, it's a low bar. It'll be more effective than what they've done with Google Shopping so far. So yeah, I, I agree with both of your points that um, it was smart on Pichai's side to just let that one go, even if he, he could have got it you know, a few years ago, which is to be clear, I, I don't know if I said that this happened a few years ago. This is not like a, a few months ago thing where Shopify was a potential uh, acquisition target. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Um, the other the other thing that happened this week for Google is that they finally delayed um, their plans to block third-party cookies and roll out their flock tracking system. So they delayed that from 2022 to late 2023. I feel like the writing on the wall was was it was the, the writing was on the wall was for this for a while. Um, it frankly surprises me it took them this long. To delay it, uh, there was just so much pushback, um, including from Amazon. I think that was last week where Amazon basically was blocking Flock on on all their websites. Um, I'm really curious where this ends up because the future of, of cookies is kind of like the future of the web as we know it. 
uh, in, term of, in terms of monetizing the web, uh, but also how how users are tracked all over it. Yeah, um, I mean, they're just like, it seems like there are a lot of problems with Flock. Um, I know Mozilla has been pretty vocal about them, right? Um, how supposedly this is a privacy-preserving way to... Um, to target um, dads, for example, at users, but in fact, um, you can um, uh, potentially infer like the um, some some information about a person um, uh, that that it's supposed to keep private um, through uh, a couple of ad adversarial techniques. I mean, those can be fixed, I suppose, but. Um, uh, you know, like, as you mentioned, Emil, like um, just there's so much industry pushback, and it's hard to see. Uh, it gaining much traction in its current form. Um, it, it, it definitely appears that Google's buying time with this. Um, I, they, I think they, you know, they might be working on some technical aspects, but they also want to mount a stronger PR campaign. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm not against um, the elimination of cookies. I think cookies are um, pretty uh, negative uh, element of the web that have proliferated proliferated for far too long and i'm glad that um uh finally consumers are demanding more privacy but um uh this doesn't seem to be be the answer to um uh, any any consumer concerns for sure this seems to be um google um desperately trying to um find a way to um uh uh you know make their retain the the value of their ad business right um the place eight advertisers um by coming up with um a pretty flawed replacement <laughs> for what we have currently. Yeah, and, and I don't, I, I feel like they'll succeed, right? They will figure something out. It's just surprising to me how slow they've been to react after all the criticism to Flock. They could have easily just released a statement saying, you know, we hear you, WordPress, we hear you, a list of all the major browser makers that basically said they're not going to implement it or they'll disable it because uh, many are Chromium-based and that got rolled into Chromium. So it surprised me that they didn't basically say, you know, we're putting this off or we're, we're reworking it at the very least they could have said, we're, re we we're reworking flock. Um, you know, cookies are here to stay and third party cookies will, it's really, the, the discussion is really around third party cookies, right? Um, we'll, we'll, we'll figure out a way to make third party cookies to, something to replace them. And, you know, working with all the major browser vendors um, or at least um, some, some sort of web standard, uh, plenty of, you know, they, there are plenty of ways they could have went about this, but they just kept silent. And then this week, they they basically said that they're delaying Flock and the plan to block third-party cookies, but they didn't say anything. Since I mean, I'm I'm sure they will, um, but it's it's like they're kicking the can down the road, which is not what you want to see from, you know, arguably the most important uh, of the big tech companies when it comes to the web. Like what Google does makes a huge has a huge impact on 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 users on the internet as well as all the businesses built on the web yeah i mean um it's just it's just so you know there's so many reasons this is problematic right it seems to it does seem to be anti-competitive on google's part um i think um uh, you know, a lot of attorneys uh, general in the U.S. have said that, like, this seems to be Google boxing out their third-party um, uh, methods of tracking users and, and kind of replacing it with their own. Um, and then, um, you know, it's not GDPR compliant, obviously, um, 
I I don't really know what what promises does solve. I mean, ostensibly, it's supposed to be um, uh, you know a more uh, private way of um, uh, you know allowing advertisers to track user behavior, or just kind of target users. But uh, yeah, it just it seems to introduce new problems. In fact, um, so it's hard to. Uh, as a user, be on board with this, and I can't say I'm disappointed to see its rollout um, be delayed. And uh, I don't know; the future looks murky. We'll, we'll see if um, the current, the new deadline uh, that they've given, even um, is realistic. Um, I don't think I don't see sentiments changing that much, um, especially as um, you know the uh, uh, just the discussion about antitrust and anti-competitive behavior in the U.S. ramps up and um, already already has in Europe. Yeah, so so there was a bunch of antitrust stuff. Um, you know, there there isn't really major news. It seems like more of the same. The European Commission opened an antitrust investigation into Google over its ad tech. India ordered an antitrust investigation uh, for into Android and the smart TV market. Um, Apple had its own set of. Uh, an antitrust antitrust investigation was opened into Apple in Germany. Uh, like that's just all this week. <laughs> um, but these are just, you know, little milestones. Uh, most of these are going to result in minor fines. Um, but the pace is picking up. So eventually we'll get to a point where it's not just investigations and bills being written and and argued over against we're going to have regulation put in place here and they're going to be watered down for sure i believe in the u.s there are what six bills in the house you would know probably better than i six antitrust bills in the house that are being considered now or have been approved and need to be voted on um and they're going to get you know changed 15 times before they actually get passed if any of the six get passed i suspect most will not um and this affects, you know, all these companies that we've talked about. It affects, it affects Apple. It affects Google. It affects Amazon, Microsoft to a lesser degree, but depending on how they're written, the final bills um, definitely will will have an impact on Microsoft to some degree. And the crazy thing is that these will be very different, I suspect, between countries, which is actually going to be a big problem for doing business, not just for big tech, but for any all of all of their competitors. Uh, and, you know, I can literally talk about this every week because I feel like there will be a new development. Um, but I try to not focus on it too much just because we'll see where it all settles, right? That's that's my take anyway, is I, I don't spend too much time examining the actual bills or the investigations uh, until there's something that is actually going to happen permanently. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the bills you mentioned um, uh, in the U.S., um, I, yeah, I think there are six, as far as I know. Um, yeah, there's sort of a wish list, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, definitely, um, uh, you know, not, um, uh, I, I mean, there is appetite, I would say, on, on the right for antitrust, um, in addition to the left, but um, it seems to be, um, uh, you know, um, uh, mostly uh, the platform of, of senators like um, Klobuchar um, that we're, we're seeing make it make their way into um, proposed legislation. So, like one, I think um, 
you know, uh, I just pulled up a Reuters article here uh, to refresh my memory, but uh, one would, you know, require a platform to uh, refrain from a merger unless it can show that the acquired company doesn't compete with any product or service the platform is in. So, um, yeah, I mean, um, would that have prevented a Shopify uh, purchase <laughs> by Google? Uh, possibly. Um, but is that ever going to make its way into U.S. law? Uh, I don't know. Um, or there might be a lot of carve-outs and exceptions um, uh, that, uh, that that bill eventually sees. So, um, you know, uh, these are exciting on the one hand. Um, it's encouraging to see some kind of progress. Um, at, at least these, are, these sorts of things are getting proposed, and they seem to be very pro-consumer. On the other hand, uh, you know, as you said, Emil, like it's so early and, um, you know, to get your hopes up about anything, politics in the U.S. especially, is just a recipe for disappointment. So, um, yeah, might as well see where the dust settles before, um, uh, you know, commenting on, on these things. They'll change. The language is going to change so much regardless, even if it um, even if these bills don't, um, uh, you know, pass the House and Senate. So. Yeah. So it's definitely good that this is, you know, being discussed and big tech will get some sort of consequences and have to make some sort of changes. But like, like you, like you said, let's see where the, where the chips end up actually falling. Uh, we're coming up at the hour. So I think we can end it here. Um, obviously there's a, a ton more that happened. Uh, you can see it all, all in my newsletter and this will be on Spacecast If you missed the first part of this discussion um, or you join, you know, if you just join later uh, so that, you know, just search for Spacecasts and your favorite podcast app. Uh, there's a bunch of different um, Twitter Spaces users that are posting their, their Spacecast recording there. Uh, anything, Kyle, you want to add before the weekend? Uh, no, I think that about does it. I mean, Windows was the highlight for sure. Um, eager to see it roll out um, next week, I believe, right, for those enrolled in the... Um, uh, insider program. Yep. Um, uh, yeah, still can't install it on my laptop for some reason, but uh, hopefully that'll get sorted um, eventually, or the community will come up with some solution. Yeah, yeah. Always Windows, Windows, um, <laughs> Windows is great like that. There's always a workaround, which is which is fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, uh, thanks for having me on, Emil. It was uh, great to talk about the weekend. Thank tech. you. Talk soon. See everyone. Thanks for joining. Bye bye. Yeah, thanks for joining. Mm -hmm.